I think really, really great leaders do emerge naturally versus people who are really seeking out a leadership position. Hello and welcome to episode 163 of the Smart Agents Podcast. As always, my name is Michael Walter and I'll be your host. In today's episode, we are joined by Amy Terry, managing broker and partner with 8Z Real Estate. Based just outside of Denver, Colorado, Amy got her start in the industry in 2005 and by 2013, she found herself in a leadership position within the company. While she continues to enjoy guiding clients through the complexities of home ownership, Amy has discovered her true passion as a team leader. Throughout our conversation, Amy shares how she first made a name for herself in the industry, her unique approach to team leadership, and the importance of being a female leader in the real estate field. But before we get on to today's featured interview, the all-new Smart Agents magazine has launched and is full of insights and strategies designed to help real estate agents grow their businesses. Inside, you will find interviews and advice from leading real estate professionals, marketing tips to flood your business with leads, and even swipe and deploy files full of practical tools to enhance your business. Subscribe now to receive your copy of the printed magazine each month and instantly get access to our online agent community and members-only templates. Click the link in the episode description or go to smartagents.com forward slash magazine. Also, if you find this conversation useful, be sure to hit that like button and subscribe. The Smart Agents podcast streams on all major podcasting platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. And finally, if you or someone else on your team has an incredible story or real estate tips to share with our community, send us a message at feedback at smartagents.com. We're always on the lookout for new stories to share. All right, let's get on to today's featured interview with Amy Terry. I really enjoyed our conversation and I hope you do as well. If you want to see more from Amy, I've included a link to her Instagram profile in the episode description. Well, really the way I like to start everything out is if you could just introduce yourself to us a little bit, who you are and where you're at. Sure. My name is Amy Terry and I'm a managing broker and partner with 8Z Real Estate in Colorado. I was born and raised in Littleton uh, and still live in Littleton, which is a suburb of Denver. Uh, and have been involved in all things real estate for many, many years. Right. So tell me, what was it that initially got you interested in uh, the real estate industry? So I honestly didn't have a lot of interest in going into real estate, but I was always surrounded by it. Um, my parents would, what you now call house hacking, was doing that when I was a kid. Uh, my dad would fix things up, redecorate, we'd move and go on to the next one. So I remember going to a lot of open houses as a kid and being around renovations and always loved that. And then my best friend's mom growing up uh, was a real estate agent. And so she got us a job answering phones um, back when you used to have to call to schedule a showing. Right. Uh, and then when I left for college, I just got a job at a real estate office at um, in Boulder because that was what my resume was. Um, and always planned for law school. That was the, the game plan. I was pre-law. I interned with the DA. Um, and then as I was graduating, I got accepted to law school and just started to question if that's really what I wanted to do. Um, and the agent that I worked for in college, he just encouraged me to do a year deferment and get my license and, and kind of help him. And things sort of took off and never went to law school. So it was, it was not planned, but looking back, I feel like there was no other path. Right. So when you decided that, you know, real estate was definitely going to be the thing you know, for you, what were you doing to kind of get your name out there and start growing your business as a new real estate agent? 
Sure. So I was 22. I got my license. I graduated in May of 05 and got my license that July and didn't know anything about actual houses. Um, but I was also fortunate at, you know, I, it's hard sometimes mentoring brand new agents right now because back then things were just starting to come online um, as far as Zillow and listing information and things like that. And we had a really phenomenal website. So when I started we honestly had more internet leads than we knew what to do with. Um, and that was exhausting. I cried a lot my first two years. <laughs> There's a lot of rejection and, and no loyalty with internet leads, but it taught me a lot. It got me out of my comfort zone. It gave me some thicker skin. And then those people became my sphere. Um, and then obviously networking, I moved back to Littleton where I grew up uh, and, and networking is number one. So having grown up here and just being in touch with everybody and staying consistently in front of them, reminding them this is what I do. And then obviously doing a really great job for people that they continue to, to speak highly of you and recommend you as well. Right. So growing up, you know, in a family that did the house hacking and did you, you saw what, you know, real estate investment could do for your family. Is that something that, you know, uh, you know, really kind of helped when you moved back home and you were, you know, working with people in your hometown and you were, you know, really kind of starting these people's lives off in these homes? Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I bought my first place at 22 because I felt like, I'm going to be selling houses. I need to own something. <laughs> and I bought a, a short sale that needed a ton of work. And my dad helped me fix it up. And then a friend from college moved in and rented the spare room. And at the end of the day, she was paying more a month than I was. And I owned it. And and that was really eye-opening. And, and I really saw the power of real estate and how it can change people's lives and set them up on a great path. Uh, so yeah, having grown up in it and then also having the parents to kind of just push me to go ahead and cause it's, it's scary at 22 to get a mortgage. And, right. um, but yeah, that, that gave me a great foundation of seeing the value in real estate and, and how much it can, it can change the trajectory of your life. Right. Uh, you know, you talked about, you know, these internet leads, you're getting these internet leads and then over the course of time, turning them into your sphere, what were you doing to really kind of cultivate that relationship once the initial transaction was you know, taken care of? Yeah. So I was introduced to Ninja Selling, which is um, Larry Kendall. A lot of people in the industry are familiar with him and, and we're really lucky we have him here in Colorado. He lives in Fort Collins. Uh, so he really is a proponent of, of work with those who already know, like, and trust you. And so part of that is, you know, the nice thing is our brokerage, we have a lot of systematized things. We have a formal newsletter that goes out every month that looks as if you wrote it. Um, we have offers. Um, we have a program called Local Supporting Locals where people are getting buy one, get one free or half off offers every month. Mm -hmm. We do in my office a lot of client events. We always do a movie premiere in the spring, a pumpkin patch in the fall, Santa pictures in the winter. Um, and then it's also, I personally really enjoy entertaining. So, you know, always having people over for the Broncos game or having people over for dinner or a barbecue. Um, so I'm kind of a social coordinator. So just being in the mix all the time. And then also just being able to speak intelligently. I'm not... I've never considered myself a salesperson. And I think when my business really shifted is when I started viewing myself as a consultant. Um, honestly, I had a hard time going from sort of this arrogant attitude of I was going to be an attorney and then deciding to go into real estate. It felt kind of like a step down. Uh, but when I realized how much an agent, can, a good agent or a bad agent can make a difference for people, um, I took it a lot more seriously and, and, 
when I really realized my clients were lucky to have me, my business completely exploded and people treated me a lot differently. Um, so a lot of it, yeah, it's a combination of mindset, networking, consistency, systems. Um, it's a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that mindset of, you know, you're there to consult somebody through that, you know, the most stressful, biggest transaction of their life and having that, you know, that you're not going in there thinking only transactionally, but really helping walking them through the process, you do set yourself up for that long-term relationship. Yeah, a hundred percent. And that's where I also really want people to know that I'm here for their lifetime as far as I don't care if you buy today or three years from today. And especially in the last couple of years, I've talked a lot of people out of selling. You know, I really try to get people to keep their primary residence. I'm certainly going to sit down and run through all of your goals and scenarios and, and give you my honest opinion. It's never going to be about creating a transaction for myself. It's going to be about helping these people build long-term wealth. And now having been in it 18 years, it's really fun to see how it's changed people's lives. And now I'm even, I have my first client that's someone's kid that (laughs) (laughs) she was like eight years old when I met her. Um, So yeah, that, that's what gets me up in the morning and gets me excited um, and building that trust and relationship with people so that you are their go-to person, no matter what. Right. One of the things I see here is how to be successful as an introvert. And I feel like, you know, going, going with things as that, you know, consultant mind and things that I think that kind of helps with the introvert because you won't, don't have to be that like hardcore. I'm here to sell. Like, here's, you know, um, here's what you're going to do. And I'm coming in like a shark. You can kind of sit back and really just kind of help that person. And I feel like that has to help with the, uh, the introverted mindset. It does. And I think also just accepting that, you know, a lot with coaching my team, like you're going to attract like people like you're, I, I can be a bulldog, but that's not really my style. And so the type of clients, I may not be the right fit for them, but yeah, perfect examples. I CrossFit and, you know, I'm just not the types like, Hey, I'm Amy. I sell real estate. Like, so I, you know, I just started wearing stuff that had our brand on it and then conversations start. And then really what snowballed for me is I did a couple deals with people, did a good job. And then they become your cheerleader and like, anyone in the gym is thinking about making a move. I've got 10 people that are like, Oh my gosh, I got to call Amy. So that's really, I think just operating from a servant's heart and having great intentions is all you really need. I mean, you do have to put yourself out there. You do have to get out of your comfort zone. Um, but you can certainly be successful in a sales industry as an introvert. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, kind of tailing off of that, Talk to me about, you know, becoming a, you know, a leader within your organization and broker. Like, what, how did that all transpire? Yeah. So I guess it would have been, gosh, it's been a long time. I think it was like 2013. Um, our founder at the time approached me about becoming a managing broker and building out a team. And I really didn't want to do it <laughs> at all. <laughs> I didn't feel qualified to do it. I didn't. I didn't see leadership qualities in myself. Uh, and he sort of just kind of, I don't want to say he forced me into it, but really talked me into it. It was just like, just try it. If you hate it, you hate it. And uh, it's actually been a really, it's now my favorite part of my career is the mentoring. Uh, and, it, you know, it was kind of funny. I started, you know, start getting those phone calls and you're like, oh, I do know these answers. Like I have, <laughs> I have done a lot of transactions. Uh, so it's been great to be surrounded by leadership that, 
has constantly pushed me out of my comfort zone. Um, and you men mentioned Sergio, who's someone you've interviewed. He's a coach within our, our organization. And um, he's always, I mean, he's the one that really pushed me to start doing video and um, podcasting and things like that. So it's, you know, success breeds success and being around people that really push you and see in yourself, maybe things that you don't is, is priceless. You mentioned, you know, not believing that you had the the leadership abilities and th and so many people that I've talked to that have kind of followed the same path. That is a, a a common theme that comes up is those limiting beliefs and that kind of imposter syndrome. And I just it I I personally I struggle with it also, but there's just something about it where you know you can be in a career for 10, 20 years and feel like you don't have you know, the tools to help lead somebody that's brand new. Uh, but everybody else has been looking up to you forever. I just, what is it about, you know, those, uh, you know, those leadership positions that, that sometimes, you know, draws out that fear in people. I think it's a fear of fear, a, a fear of failure. And I think it's a fear of maybe all eyes on you and, and also there, I mean, there's a lot, it's a whole nother level of responsibility and stress. And I mean, I certainly have my days where I just want to worry about my clients and not <laughs> worry about what anyone else is doing. But I, I kind of think, I think really, really great leaders do emerge naturally versus people who are really seeking out a leadership position. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing when people are, um, but I do think there's something really unique about a leader just sort of emerging because of the people around them start naturally gravitating towards them and, and looking to them for mentorship. Um, so I think that's a, that's a great path. But I do think, and and as a woman, there's some, I didn't view myself in that position, not that, cause you know, real estate is actually very female dominated, right. but the majority of managers and owners are, are men. Um, and I also just kind of, and I don't know that this is necessarily a female mentality, but I had this idea of like, keep your head down and do a good job and you know, whatever happens happens. And I was fortunate that someone did seek me out to promote me, but unfortunately, that's not the case. And I'm realizing that more and more that as women, we do need to step up if we want something and voice that and go for it. Um, and I think, you know, that's something I'm trying to work with women within the organization and, and talking with the men in the organization of like, you know, what you guys can do for us is make space for us in those spaces. And then as women, we need to then step in and own that space and do a great job. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of fear around stepping up and, and just getting out of your comfort zone in general. Right. As you kind of grew into this leadership role, what were some of the things that uh, you saw that, you know, you could, that you were really helping your agents with what were, you know, some of the areas that, that they needed help that your expertise had really shined through and you, you were able to offer uh, to your agents. I think a big piece is that I really view my agents as whole people and I don't need to pry into their personal life, but I want to know what their goals and dreams are and what their struggles are. And a lot of times it's not work, but struggling with your health or fitness or your marriage or depression or anxiety or any of those things is going to really affect your business. And again, particularly men compartmentalize those things 
and and I think you need to kind of explore all of that and meet people where they're at and help them as much as you can. Because if like like if none of that stuff is in place, it doesn't matter all the business coaching you're going to do. It's not going to click, especially in a, in an industry where real estate is so overlapping. I mean, your clients most of the time are all your family and friends. So it's a very tangled web. It's You can't really separate your personal life from your business. Um, so I would say that's something I don't know that all leaders do, and especially traditionally. You know, my dad's a retired CEO, and he's been a great source um, that I go to for advice. But the way he ran things is very different. And not having personal relationships um, that sort of thing. So I think that's a shift and I think it's really, really important. And I think that support and that connection and that feeling like a family, you know, that's, what's been cool over the years is everybody goes through hard times. And as a team, we jump in to support those people. That's what keeps people at a company. That's what keeps them at a brokerage when things are tough and they're getting wooed by somebody else. It's those relationships and that connection and that vulnerability and honesty that you're experiencing there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the real estate, I mean, you have even, even if you're not, you know, family friends or terribly close with the client, they could be calling you at nine o'clock at night when you're in the middle of, you know, family time. And it does, Mm -hmm. it, it really is very interconnected and very difficult to, you know, siphon off. Like my wife, she's able to walk away from work when it's, when it's quitting time, it's quitting time. But, uh, it, it's just, it's not, it's not always there, especially in this industry. And I do think having leaders that understand that, you know, things that are going on at home are going to impact, you know, maybe that afternoon of work, or maybe just my overall attitude and things for a few days. And I think having that ability to see that, I think is really, um, you know, vital to uh, your leadership and what you're, you know, giving your uh, agents. And acknowledging that, business and sales is not the end all be all. And there's a season for everything. You know, I've had agents have babies and you know what, let business be down, be home with that baby for that first year as much as you can. Or at an agent last year who lost her mom and was caring for her up to the very end. And she was super stressed and having closings first quarter. And I'm like, this is a season for you to be with your family and mourn and deal with all of that. So I think also for people to know that it's okay. And and also just ask, what do you need? Do you need a kick in the ass? Do you want me to get you re-engaged? Or do you need the space and the permission to be where you're at and be in that season of your life? I just think, again, it's the same thing I look at with clients. I'm not looking to turn and burn with agents. I want agents to be with us for their whole career. And sometimes they're going to have up years and sometimes they're going to have down. And like, how do we support you through that? Right. Moving more towards, you know, the, the leadership as a woman, what are, what were some of the things that maybe you've sought out, you know, in other female leaders that you've, you know, that you found that you really wanted to kind of bring into your leadership style? I and mean, what are you, um, you know, trying to pass on to some of the women within your company that you would like to see propped up into those positions? Yeah, great questions. I think in the beginning, um, you know, as I mentioned, my dad, I'm very close to him and I'm a perfect little mini me of him. (laughs) And then my mentors and managers have all been men. So I think for a while, I just was mimicking what they did, what they told me to do, how they did things. And then I realized that we do need not only female leaders, but leaders in their feminine 
So, and to me, that means being vulnerable and making space and having the conversations that not everybody wants to have. Uh, and I think, I think really that's the biggest thing is when I shifted to really leading from, from a vulnerable place and not being afraid to just lay everything out on the table. Uh, and, you know, I start a lot of our meetings with a team building question. Sometimes they're fluff and sometimes they're deep. But if I answer with a very surface level, I'm not making space for anybody else to be vulnerable or open up. Uh, so I think that was a big shift for me. And then also the feminine is a, is a lot more about being open and receiving versus, you know, in sales, it's a lot of grinding and push, push, push and making things happen. Um, and I think sitting back sometimes and again, just making space and recognizing how powerful it is to attract um, what you're looking for versus trying to make it happen all the time. Um, so that's been, that's all been really good shifts. And then just connecting with a lot of women within the brokerage. I think men and women need different things um, and different connections. And, um, and also I've been really encouraged by other women to uh, utilize my voice more, speak up more, um, insert myself into things. Um, and it's been nice to also encourage them to speak up when they, and also, you know, if you have a great idea, just do it. Don't wait for us to tell you, yeah, that's a good idea. Just do it. You know, if you want to plan some sort of client event or, you have a great idea for our website or whatever, just put it out there and speak up. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, I think that also just as a, a brokerage as a whole, allowing people to be, you know, their, their own, you know, person and, and, you know, following those paths of those ideas to see how it works for them, because, you know, what works for, Agent A is not going to work for Agent B and their, you know, their client base and all those different things. And to be able to allow uh, your agents to kind of adapt to their their client bases, to their personalities, I think is is really great. And it is. It's something I'm really proud of that we have several different avatars of our top producers. And they all get a platform and they all we have a we have we call it academy and where our agents come for training. They all have opportunities to teach and speak at the academy. And I have as many of them as I can come into meetings. And it is cool because different people connect with different leaders and different styles. And that is the cool thing about real estate is there's a thousand ways to be successful and it doesn't have to look one way. And we've also had people within the brokerage spin off creating their own amazing um, sort of products or things that, that go hand in hand with what we're doing. And so that's been cool to see also just empowering people to, to do what's best for them, regardless of how it kind of shakes out for the brokerage. Right. And how important is that to, you know, having all those different people and having all those different, um, you know, avenues of success, how important is it to, that you guys have that kind of database and that pool to draw from when we do go through market shifts or something happens, you know, in, in the overall real estate environment to be able to kind of pull from different places. Yeah, it's super important. And it's, you know, a lot of my agents have been in the business five years or less. So this feels mm -hmm. a little like Armageddon, <laughs> but for me, you know, I started in 2005, had a few good years and then, you know, 2008 hit. And then I was a short sale queen for several years. And so the messaging I've been really giving them, cause I think mindset is more important than anything is there is always a market. Your job is to kind of constantly reinvent yourself and find that market and also acknowledge there's going to be up years and there's going to be down years and that's okay. Uh, and the reality is right now 
we're seeing people that need to move versus the last few years, it was just people that wanted to move. So I think you need to be much more dialed in with your database and cognizant of who has life changes going on. And also who does it make sense for to move right now and who doesn't and be honest with people. If, you know, it's a tough place right now, if people have a 3% interest rate and they're looking to upgrade and their payment's going to triple to get what they want, but maybe that person's going to rent out that primary, still keep that 3% interest rate, pull out a HELOC, roll into a new home, and those things make sense. So being able to have, you know, educated conversations, um, but also just acknowledging, you know, I remind my team, you know, a year ago, you guys were complaining you couldn't get a buyer under contract. You couldn't even get a showing scheduled. Now you're complaining stuff sitting for a month. Like focus on the positive. There's always there's always a market. There's always a positive and you get to choose what you focus on. Right. Absolutely. When, um, you know, working with all these, you know, you said a lot of the agents are, you know, kind of that five year and under what, um, what are some of those things that you like kind of going through your career and seeing how things have progressed? What would you go back and say to yourself, you know, when you first started to kind of just either give yourself even a better jump start or just kind of ease some of your trepidations on yeah. uh, the career choice you made? I definitely would have reminded myself not to take everything so personal. You know, over the years, I've realized. 99% of the time people's decisions don't have much to do with you at all. Uh, and also don't worry so much about what other people are thinking because they're so worried about what you're thinking. They're not thinking about you. So, I mean, I used to overthink so much about like putting someone on my mailing list. Like, are they, do I know them well enough to start? And I'm like, now I'm in a place of like, just they'll unsubscribe if they don't want it. So, I don't overthink things nearly like I used to. And I think that is part of the introvert mindset and the, I don't want to bug people. And um, now it's like, just feel, do what feels right and genuine to you and put it out there. And if it sticks, it sticks. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, yeah. I think I, I could have saved myself a lot of heartache um, overthinking and taking things so personal early on. Right. And well, like you said, you know, now to be, um, you know, really dialed into those people that need to move in those life changes. Sometimes those life changes aren't exactly, you know, the nicest of life changes. And those people could be, you know, they're just in a, maybe a tough life spot. And so having a thick skin dealing with some of those folks is, is probably going to be needed. Yeah. And it is a really emotional, even if it's a good reason that someone's moving, it's a really emotional process. And I've, you know, for whatever reason, I've had a ton of deals the last couple of years that our kids selling their parents have passed away and selling their houses. And that's a very different transaction. Um, and it's tough and it's emotional and you're dealing with four or five siblings that all want different things. And um, yeah, sometimes you just have to be the calm voice of reason. And also at a certain point, you know, I remind my agents all the time, it's not your decision. All you can do is give them the facts and it's there, you know, when they call me and they're like, well, what would you do? And I'm like, well, it's the client's decision. It doesn't matter what I would do. Um, so I think that's also kind of learning when to step away and, and be like, look, I've provided you all the information. I've given you your options and now it's your call what you want to do and not stress over those decisions that aren't really yours. Right. You mentioned earlier also, um, you know, having in the previous couple of years, having to tell some people when it was not a good idea to move and, you know, when it's not in their best interest, 
what are those relationships? You know, I guess what's the reaction like when you do present somebody with that kind of like, Hey, listen, this is not in your best interest. I know you want to move, but we should not do this now. Yeah. And then maybe moving forward now that we're a couple of years, year or so removed from that, maybe what are some of those relationships like now that you, you did kind of pump the brakes on them? Yeah. I, I- I mean, it honestly immediately instills so much trust because when they realize that you are looking out for their best interest and not what's in your best interest, all of a sudden any defensiveness or concerns, you know, I remember I had, it was a referral from a past client and first time I met with them and I was like, God, you guys would be crazy to sell this house. You know, you've got this interest rate, you've got blah, 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 blah. And it clicked for him. He's like, well, you're talking yourself out of a transaction. And I was like, well, yeah, but I'm also going to be honest with you. This is a bad move. So yeah, it just builds a lot of trust. And honestly, I think at the end of the day, it generates more business for you because you're for sure their go-to. I mean, we unfortunately, we don't have the best reputation. Um, and so understandably, people come in, especially if they don't know you personally, a little defensive. And I think... And honestly, for me, it just feels good. Like I feel good at the end of the day (laughs) that I did right by these people. Um, And that also comes with the luxury of having a established business that I'm not, you know, I'm not worried closing to closing about a paycheck, which is, I know is a luxury. Um, But also why anybody I bring on new six months are reserves at least, because the last thing you want is finances clouding your judgment interacting with clients. Yeah. Is that something that when you are looking to bring on somebody that you really do talk um, pretty heavily with, you know, especially if it's somebody brand new into the business, Mm -hmm. we need to make sure that you are ready for this because if you're leaving that nine to five, this isn't it. Yeah. And honestly, it's pretty rare that I bring on brand new um, for a few reasons. I think a lot of people have no idea what they're getting themselves into. Um, I think a lot of people are afraid to make the leap to be full-time and we only employ full-time agents. And honestly, we invest a lot out the gate as a brokerage and it's tough when, yeah, six months in, they realize this is not what I thought it was going to be. Um, if I am considering someone new, the factors that are really important to me is what does their sphere look like? Do they have a really great database? Are they willing to put themselves out there and network with those people? Because the reality is you can, there's so many ways to feel busy in this industry, but you're not actually doing anything productive. Um, And yeah, do you have six months of reserves? Can you go into this without a closing for six months? The reality is if they're hustling and they're doing the things that you're training them to do and teaching them to do, they shouldn't go six months without a closing. Um, But I think that cushion is really important. Right. Before we wrap up, I'd just love to know, you know, what's the the immediate future look like for you and your team? And then what are some of the things that you'd like to, you know, do here uh, in a little bit more distant future? Gosh, that's a good question too. Um, You know, right now we're third quarter is kind of new year for agents. (laughs) So we'll be, we'll be ramping up November, December, a lot of goal setting, a lot of business planning for 2024, um, a lot of, you know, releasing 2024. And, and kind of moving forward. Um, and then we'll have a big annual conference in January and get everybody kind of ramped up for the year. We're shifting some of our technology, um, utilizing some more AI, which I think is very important. Um, and then long term, 
I don't know. It's hard to say. I think, you know, the, the foundation of 8Z and why we started is we felt like real estate was broken and, and for agents and consumers. And there was a lot of things we want to fix. So we're always looking, how do we make it a better experience for agents? How do we make it a better experience for consumers? Um, and so that's kind of our driving force and what we're constantly focused on. Awesome. Well, I really do appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk with us today. Yeah, great. Thank you so much for having me. I want to thank Amy for joining us today and really like what she said about not taking things so personally throughout the transaction. Remember, if you'd like to see more from Amy, I've included a link to her Instagram profile in the episode description. So once again, if you think you or someone else on your team has an incredible story or real estate tips to share with our community, send us a message at feedback at smartagents.com. Well, that wraps things up for this episode, but remember, follow the show wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure to subscribe to the Smart Agents YouTube channel. Again, I'm Michael Walter, and we'll see you on the next episode.